It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Developments on new ownership dealings, more names added to the offensive coordinator search, and we finally dive into one of the available veteran quarterbacks who could be on the market to join Washington in 2023. All of that coming right now on Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Commanders podcast. All you Commanders fans out there. Part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. And we are free and available on all platforms including YouTube and the WUSA9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And, of course, we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison. He is Chris the Rooster Russell, both of us, credential members of your media covering the Washington Commanders. Chris is doing it for the Team 980, where he and Pete Medhurst are rocking the Team 980 airwaves every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, or anytime you need them on the Odyssey app. And, of course, you can find me writing about the Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I don't know if we would consider it rocking, uh, but... Every time I gonna, listen, it's a rocking good time, Chris. Maybe we're so. going to be in a rocking chair soon, sooner than later. <laughs> but I appreciate that, David. Thank yeah. you. Uh, this episode, guys, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. That's right, the official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. We thank you again for making us your first listen and view of the day. And David, we jump right into it. Uh, this story broke, uh, as a matter of fact, in my final segment on the radio on Monday morning. Uh, so I haven't really had an opportunity to talk about it a whole lot. So these are kind of my first opinions. I'm not sure about you, but the New York Post and investor sources, whatever those are, says reportedly that Jeff Bezos, of course, the Amazon founder and uh, executive and $115 billion uh, bazillionaire is planning on selling the Washington Post yeah. in order and in conjunction with buying the Washington commanders. Uh, WUSA 9's Darren Haynes, our colleague and our content partner, points out that in the New York Post article, and this is true, and I believe he also talked to somebody else uh, and in the Bezos camp. Uh, yeah. They say the Post, the Washington Post, not the New York Post, which is who reported this, yeah. is not for sale. So here's my right. question uh, to get us started. Assuming that the Post and the investor angle is correct, and again, have no idea if it is, why would Bezos have to sell the Washington Post in order yeah. to buy the Washington Commanders? That's what I'm not quite getting. So I don't know. So have to is not is not the appropriate term, right? Because he doesn't have to uh, sell the, the the Washington Post in order to buy the Washington Commanders. And for anybody out there thinking that, well, maybe he's not allowed to own a news outlet that would cover the team that he owns. 
uh, Monument Sports definitely owns media outlets and owns the teams that those media outlets cover. Well, so that I, is not I, a problem. I could, I could just stop you there. Dan Snyder owned my the radio station I work yeah, for now yeah, for you know yeah. five more than five years, but I worked with him for five yeah. years. So he owned the team and that the team did not own the radio station. Dan Snyder right. did. Right. Yeah. So I mean, so that is not that is not what's happening here. Um, what's happening here is that the Washington Post, essentially, if you're Dan Snyder and you believe you're a victim in this, which I think we've under we've come to understand that Dan Snyder feels like he is a victim in everything that has gone down with this organization and basically him being forced to sell his team. You can draw a straight line from Dan Snyder having to sell this team now because his relationship with the league and everything else has just gone so far south to the Washington Post being the news outlet that broke all the stories that quite honestly needed to be broken because the culture inside the organization was toxic and terrible for everybody involved. So the Washington Post, by doing their job, essentially is the enemy of, of Dan Snyder and the friend of my enemy is also my enemy, right? But, and so with 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 Bezos, like, I don't know, you know, there's there's conspiracies and, and maybe they're founded. I don't know that that Bezos essentially said, yes, let's go ahead with these, these exposés because we want to force Dan Snyder to eventually sell this team because I want to buy this team. And that might be where Dan is coming from. But essentially, if Jeff Bezos moves forward and sells the Washington Post, it's going to be looked at as an olive branch of like, look, I know you have you have certain kind of feelings about the Washington Post because this is the publication that essentially led to your demise. So I'm going to now separate myself from the Washington Post moving forward as kind of a gift to you. It's like you're going away gift to <laughs> you that you're not selling. So Dan Snyder can lay his head on his billion dollar pillows at night and say, I didn't sell to the same, to an owner who who also owns the organization that led to me selling. I sold to a guy who's not connected because right beforehand he, he, uh, he sold it. it it's honestly, it's ego is, is what it boils yeah. down to. It's, it's all about protecting Dan Snyder's ego. And for Jeff Bezos, JP Finley actually mentioned this on Twitter as well, real quick, that being the owner of a football team, especially an NFL football team, much more lucrative these days than being the owner of a newspaper. So it makes business sense for Jeff Bezos anyway. And if he can, if, if this gets Dan Snyder to let go a little bit easier and sleep better at night, so be it. Yeah. I, I wonder, and this is just speculation on my end. So I'm curious what you think about this. Yeah. I wonder if the NFL, you know, maybe got involved here, you know, when Jeff didn't make the first bid and when yeah. Bank of America keeps trying to get him to bid to empty up the price, the price or, to, you know, I, I wonder if if kind of the deal breaker or the, hey, wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge, nudges. Dan's Indeed. told me, meaning Roger or, or some hot shot in the NFL, he won't right. sell to you. Sell the paper. Maybe he'll consider um, yeah. sell the paper and he'll let you bid or he'll he'll seriously consider. Yeah. So. That's the only thing I can think of. And, and and that might seem like little little time stuff, but the Dan Snyder that I've covered my whole life, and again, I worked for him for five years. And I, I want to be clear, Dan treated me with respect and, and, and we had good conversations. And he yeah. to my face, he never treated me in any way, shape, or form poorly. So any yeah. criticism that I have is because he's ruined the franchise, not done anything personally to me now to my colleagues or to my friends of, of course so I, I'm I'm frustrated with him but but I, I just point that out to say you know Dan cares about little wins he cares about like ego yeah. things it's and ego. so that's one thing All we can't ego. we can't discount here here's a question that I had for you David curious on your thoughts if Bezos who again says 
He's not selling the Washington Post. And again, I, I wouldn't believe everything you hear. I'm not no. saying I know, but I wouldn't believe everything you hear. If no. Bezos kept control of the Washington Post mm. and bought the team, however that worked out, would that be problematic in your eyes that the chief number one news outlet in the in the in the um, in the area also is owned by the team, or, or no. I'm sorry, by the same man? No, not 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 in the slightest. Because at the end of the day, journalistic ethics are journalistic ethics, and I can tell you, you already know this. So, so I say I can tell you, I mean our audience. Nikki Javala is is not going to sugarcoat her coverage right. of the Washington Commanders because Jeff Bezos owns both entities. Sam Fortier is not going to not report that players are disgruntled with Scott Turner and his play calling and everything else because Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. So no, if if anything, just from getting to know those two reporters over the last year, I'm not at all, I would not be at all concerned. I mean, again, NBC Sports Washington has a direct partnership with the Washington Commanders. Mm -hmm. Jeff, JP Finley, uh, sorry, but I don't want to call him Jeff, but JP Finley goes on the field at halftime of every home game to try to help amp up the home crowd. Yet when Ron Rivera started Carson Wentz in the Commanders season, it literally fell apart in the span of a weekend, who was one of the main people and first people to call out Ron Rivera and basically talk about how a healthier franchise would make a certain kind of move, but that this, that this franchise basically is too sick to be able to make it was JP Finley. So, I mean, so again, journalistic ethics is journalistic ethics. And if you have them, which most of these people do, I, I would say all of them. I mean, I don't, I don't know everybody's backdoor dealings, right? But I would say that everybody has them. That's not going to matter. Yeah. Uh, I'll just add again, this not, not trying to revisit the past. You know, I, I would, I would say this, you know, um, I've worked for in my career, Paul Allen, the late Paul Allen, the uh, whose family still owns the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I worked for Dan Snyder. I worked for Ted Leonsis, who runs Monumental and owns Monumental, the Capitals, the Wizards, Capital One Arena. Three prominent owners. They have never, ever, ever told me once, one second, what to write, what to speak, what, how to speak, anything like that. So I don't think there would be, I don't think there would be any part problem from, say, Bezos owning the commanders to yeah. the Washington Post. And part of it, like you said, is the ethics that a Nikki Javala, Sam Fortier, uh, you know, Barry's for Luga, you know, so on and so forth have. So I don't think it would be any issue at all. And I certainly don't think the Washington Post would give the commander's organization any unfavorable or unfair credit when they don't deserve it, period. No, um, absolutely. And something know, real quick I want to add to the whole because, uh, you know, again, Darren said what he said. I know JP had mentioned kind of before as well. We've talked about it here. But also in that New York Post article about Jeff Bezos potentially selling his his interest in, in the, Washington, the Washington Post, um, apparently Jeff actually went to the Washington Post not that long ago and right. what was described as a very awkward visit um, to tell everybody that I'm not selling it. It's almost kind of like one of those things like, why are you showing up out of nowhere to tell us you're not selling the newspaper? If you're, you know what I mean? It's always like, it's, it was, you know, you don't protest too much and, and all that stuff. Like it's, it's definitely strange, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all about uh, egos. We've got more on, on, on the ego side of things, but we'll, we'll have opportunities to talk about that. Absolutely. Again. I would be leery of whatever anybody says at this time. Uh, they, they usually call the draft period and free agency period lying season, not accusing anybody of lying. I would just say, be careful and don't always believe what you hear. All right. The search for an offensive coordinator continues on Monday. The commanders met with a stud. We'll explain what we mean by that next on Locked On Commanders. But first, this episode of LOC is brought to you 
by FanDuel Sportsbook. That's right, baby. The NFL playoffs, the conference championships are here. And we are super pumped up for our new sports betting partner with Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started and get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. David, I already joined the fray. Uh, I had a couple of $5 multi-game par- uh, single-game parlays, I should say, uh, on mm-hmm. uh, uh, on the conference champion, on the uh, divisional playoffs over the weekend. And, well, I came up short. But it was fun. It was fun to have that rooting interest back again. Look, no doubt about it. FanDuel has I was a Jaguars game. missed field goal away from turning <laughs> 7 bucks into $97. Bucks. Ooh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. See, I got a little greedy when I turned 25 into 250 against the, the Jaguars a week and a half ago. It didn't yeah. exactly work out for me on Sunday. But it was fun to be back in Absolutely. the game. And this Sunday... Cincinnati and Kansas City. The line spread, guys, is going crazy. Back and forth. Kansas City opened as favorites. The Bengals jumped ahead. Now back to Kansas City. Just keep an eye. FanDuel's got all of that information for you and covered. And that's where you can make your action on an app, on an app, on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Again, place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, thanks once again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. Now subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast. Get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key matchups. Every Friday, Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. It's Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So, David, on Monday, the Commanders met with Eric Studensville. Uh, of the Miami Dolphins, he's been an interim head coach, an offensive coordinator, a run game coordinator over a long career and path in the NFL. He's lasted a few regimes in Miami, most notably when Mike McDaniel got that job. Mike McDaniel didn't blow him out, which is typical, but not always. Um, you know, for instance, Ron Rivera kept Nate Katzer from the previous regime. Uh, again, mm-hmm. It's typical to blow out the the entire staff, but it doesn't always happen. Randy Jordan, another perfect example of somebody Ron uh, kept. So he's lasted a couple of regimes in Miami. Mike McDaniel kept him. He's the run game coordinator. Uh, He's the assistant head coach, uh, which doesn't mean exactly what people kind of think it means. He coached against Ron and won Super Bowl 50, then with the Denver Broncos, Ron then with the Carolina Panthers. He's 55 years old. Eric Studisville, um, I, I can't make up my mind whether I li- like this. 
I, I certainly think you could do a lot worse than him. I don't know him personally, so I no. can't say I have firsthand knowledge. I know I've talked to some people that ha have high respect for him, but you know, most guys aren't going to get trashed when they've done nothing really wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, what, what we're, we're seeing in the Washington commanders office coordinator search is that they are at least talking to people who are kind of connected with some of the more innovative parts of today's game. And I think that's important because while, you know, Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew might sit at the table at the end of the season and say, we want to be, you know, a two to one run to pass uh, offense and all these other things, what they want to be a little bit more than that is winners. Right. And, and that's mm -hmm. kind of what you have to lean on is like, they want to win games more uh, than they want to be that two to one run ratio, run pass ratio. And, and to be honest with you, like what Scott was doing, if they really have, had a problem with what Scott was doing from a, a theological standpoint, if it was working, then, well, you would like to think that they would just kind of, you know, be quiet and, and get out of the way. You know, there's a, that's a whole other conversation we could have in a whole other show, but you, you like the fact that they're trying to tap into some of these resources, you know, Mike McDaniel is thought of as one of the more, you know, front forward thinking coaches in today's NFL. You see him come in, you know, he, he goes from a San Francisco 49ers offense system that really was limited by Jimmy Garoppolo and being able to push the push the ball downfield, yet they still tried to push the ball downfield. He goes to Miami. Now he's got a quarterback who, quite honestly, deep ball-wise, is even more limited than Jimmy Garoppolo because Tua Tungvaloa, while he's got a better arm, right, you know, in, in a long throw competition, the accuracy is terrible. You know, the further you get from 20 yards of, of air pass or uh, passing through the air, the less accurate Tua Tungvaloa gets. And what you see is he turns the Dolphins' offense into something that can operate sideline to sideline, also have a little bit of success in the running game. And I know the Dolphins had a late season collapse. You know what I mean? Obviously aren't going to be happy with the way the year ended, but I think there is something to be said that given an offense that, you know, you go from a limited quarterback to a backup quarterback, that's even more limited. And then you go to an unheralded rookie. And I know everybody sees what happens with Brock Purdy, but not every situation is cut from the same cloth. The fact that the Dolphins were able to do some of the things they were able to do, not only actually make the playoffs, but then be competitive in the playoffs with a guy like Skylar Thompson, I mean, that's that in and of itself is pretty impressive. So taking some of those notes and bringing them onto your staff certainly at least merits an interview. Kind of like what I talked about with Brian Greasy. It, it warrants an interview, a conversation, even if it doesn't end up in a hire. Yeah. I mean, it helps to have Tyreek Hill and, J and Jalen Waddell, too. Uh, now, <laughs> Washington would not have that, but they do have, you know, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel yeah. for now. And, I mean, and, and of course, Jahan Dotson. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if a guy like Gasecki, who is a free agent tight end and mm -hmm. who hadn't been able to get a long-term deal franchise, might you know be interested. In, uh, who knows? I mean, we're we're hey, trying man. to connect too many. I'd like to go with their coaches. I mean, yeah. Brandon Scherf went to Jacksonville. His old O-line coaches down there. I mean, no, look, no, those kinds right. of things matter sometimes. No, you're at, you're absolutely right. And and by the way, Phil Rauscher, the guy that you're talking about, helped create that that big fourth and one conversion that helped them win. Um, you know, obviously the playoff game against the Chargers, just uh, for those that remember uh, that particular place, a good point um, that that's all a, a part of the mix. I, you know, I'm more curious and there's, listen, there's other candidates. We're going to get into Thomas Brown, uh, who's set to interview this week. Don't know exactly what day and other candidates that are out there that maybe haven't been contacted yet. But, you know, one thing about, uh, you know, and I said stud. I mean, obviously, it was play on words. Studisville uh, right. or Studsville, however you pronounce his name, because uh, I've heard both. One thing about him is he's not short on experience. He's probably been between college and the NFL about, you know, 12, 13 different places. Uh, again, right. he has had some good running games 
along the way. And he hasn't always had studs. So if we're, there's that word again. So if we're thinking about how can they maximize Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson in the final year of his rookie deal, and perhaps his final year in Washington, along with Jonathan Williams and who knows who else, um, maybe Jared Patterson comes back, what have you. If we're trying to find a way to maximize that part of the offense, which again, you mentioned the two to one ratio and whatnot, and that's not realistic, but yeah. more of a 55, 45-ish balance, say. If we're trying to do what the Cincinnati Bengals did to the Buffalo Bills, missing 60% of their starting offensive line, then a guy with running game prowess, run game coordination, run game success, wherever he's pretty much gone, Studisville or Studsville could be a good choice, could be yeah. a good choice for the Washington Commanders. And we also should point out, you know, for, for whatever purposes, he would also, they have to interview two minority candidates. So now they have satisfied that part of the requirement with the Rooney rule. Again, I don't think that's why they're talking to him uh, because obviously they did uh, one last week in London, the Atlanta quarterbacks coach. I'd like to think that wasn't just checking the box. I would like to think that they're legitimately interested in him. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always going to be that thought kind of hanging over people's heads. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 imperative that teams, uh, you know, you interview. I, you, I understand there's a, there's a mandatory or there's a mandate there, and you have to satisfy that mandate. But do it, fulfill it, giving people who deserve the interviews the opportunity to interview. Even if you kind of already know who your guy is, getting interview experience and getting the opportunity to kind of sit in the chair and pitch your your theme, your method, your 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 football ideology to other people, and especially who've been sitting in head coach uh, seats, is very very important. And that experience alone is is incredibly valuable. So yeah, I, you know I, the the coaching fraternity. I'm sure that these guys are 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 getting guys who deserve the opportunity to at least sit in an interview and get that experience, even if they're not being seriously considered for the job because they already kind of know who they want. And you know you look at that Falcons uh, uh, coach; he's getting an opportunity to elevate his coaching chops. At the senior bowl this year so obviously a guy that is well regarded within the league not just you know in this interview portion because he's getting an opportunity uh at, at an event that has produced i think like 80 percent of their roster has been drafted over the last three seasons so it's it's very important yeah no doubt about it. and don't forget that connection that our buddy teresh from tega made about ron rivera's wife and the the wife of, of eric studsville so uh you know that that you might think that's not important, but trust me, in this organization, it is indeed important. All right, coming up. Should the commanders drive a new car? A new car, they once said on The Price is Right. We'll tell you next, right here on LOC. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, here's, here's the, the, uh, the, the comparison of a football team to a vehicle very, very often. We talk about the quarterback as the driver of said car, but perhaps the Washington commanders just need to get themselves a whole new car. We're not talking about trading Terry. We're not talking about trading AG. 
We're talking about bringing in quarterback Derek Carr, who is obviously available via trade, uh, but most likely, I would say, going to be available via fresh new contract when he gets released by the Las Vegas Raiders because Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders are done. Like, they are beyond done. I mean, this man got sent home with weeks left in the regular season and got told, you know, thanks, but no thanks, don't come back. Um, and then he's on Twitter already, you know, saying his goodbyes to Raiders fans and the organization and, and everything else. I mean, you know, it's not the ugliest divorce that we've ever seen, Chris, but it might be the most definitive divorce we've ever seen with time still left on the yep. clock. Really? Yeah. Like it's, it's amazing, honestly, how unugly it has really been given just how bluntly this, this relationship ended, but should the commanders firstly, should the commanders be interested in trading for Derek Carr, don't even let him get to the open market. Okay, so I would have said absolutely yes to that if if the commanders hadn't already made such a bad blunder in being over-aggressive in trading for Carson Wentz and surrendering two, as it turns out, third-round picks. To me, they don't have the ammunition. They don't have the capital. Now, unless you're talking about a player and maybe a pick that isn't as valuable, i.e. a fifth-round or a sixth-round pick, where Las Vegas gets some sort of compensation, maybe, 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 depending on who the player is. You know, we talked about a Cam Sims, you know, type. Maybe you could possibly look into something like that or, or a guy that you were getting ready to cut, an Andrew Norwell or Chase Roulier, something like that, David possibly. But if you're just asking me, can we afford two first round picks or first and a third or two seconds or whatever the case might be? Absolutely no. But I would have probably said yes, if you hadn't already made the bad blunder a year ago. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, right? Because really, at the end of the day, this kind of, I think the only reason you make the trade for Derek Carr if you're the Washington Commanders is because you think he might not choose you as a free agent and you want him, but you think he might not choose you because I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, $20 million is a lot of money to spend on a quarterback. You're going to, you're going to pay quarterbacks his money. He's on the hook right now for $34.8 million. That's $35 million. uh, When you really look at it, you know, maybe you get him to agree to some sort of extension. You, you tack on two more years, you sign him through the time he's 36 years old and maybe you give him more guarantees, but you spread that money out a little bit drop his 2023 hits, maybe 28 million where, right where Carson kind of was. And then you spread out the money over the next few years, give them 38 million over the next three years uh, type of thing. And for the, for the Las Vegas Raiders, it's, it's a 5.6 million dead cap number uh, if they trade him or if they release him. So it's really not that big of a deal on the cap cap. And, and if they get some draft capital back for it, then they'll be, you know, they'll be happy just to, just to go with that. The reason I think if you're the Washington commanders, you don't do it is twofold. One is like you said, the mess with with Carson Wentz. You've already sunk a third round pick into uh, your quarterback position this year on a quarterback that you're not even going to have on the roster. And I know a lot of people say, you know, well, Brandon Scherf's compensatory pick is going to give them back that third. But here's the thing. You're not getting back that third. You're getting a third. Yes. You know, granted, you are going to get a third round pick from the Brandon Scherf signing, presumably, but you're not getting back anything. Like the third round pick that you have is still going to Indianapolis. Unless Indianapolis says, here's your third round pick back. Don't worry about giving us anything in exchange for it. You're not getting that pick back. And even if you trade back in round one from, say, 16 to 20 and you net yourself a third round pick, again, it's not getting the pick back because your pick is still gone. You're getting a pick, yes. But if that third pick, if that third round pick existed because you didn't trade for Carson Wentz 
and you traded back, you would just have an additional. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, no, to you me, would have, it's the well, difference you would between have three third round picks instead of two is your point. Right. Like if I go make a ten thousand dollar down payment on a car and then I right. make twenty thousand dollars my next paycheck, sure. I didn't get that ten grand back sure. plus ten grand. No, I still lost that ten grand. I just now have sure. twenty grand. You, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the way. And maybe I'm just splitting hairs here. But for the for the Washington Commanders, one, you've already got draft capital sunk into your quarterback position before you ever even step on the field, and presumably you got to find two new quarterbacks, not just one, because you always have to have an emergency third quarterback. Uh, not even talk about camp bodies and practice squads and all that stuff. Um, unless you go my route and you just keep Jake Fromm as your third, but that's a further discussion. Um, so that's reason number one. Reason number two, I think we need to be done with veteran quarterbacks who really don't have much of a choice. Like, let's be honest, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the dude, was a bigger fan of the dude before he came to Washington, to be quite honest with you, but I'm a big fan of the dude, but he didn't go to Washington because it was just his dream job. You know what I mean? Let's be fair. Carson Wentz, there's already been speculation that if he had a choice, if he had a no trade clause or an option, he probably wouldn't have picked Washington because of all the stuff going around uh, mm -hmm. this franchise as well. So I think we need to be done having veterans who don't have a choice and make them be here and say, you're going to now be the leader of this team, whether you like it or not. I think if you bring in a veteran, it needs to be a guy that chooses to be here. So if Derek Carr signs as a free agent, fantastic. If Ryan Tannehill gets released, or I don't even know what his contract situation is, to be honest with you, but if he comes here, Willingly, fantastic. Jimmy G, same thing. But if you're not getting a veteran quarterback that wants to be in Washington for whatever reason, then you need a role with either Sam or you need to go get yourself a veteran, like I said, to compete with them. And I mean, again, I'll keep saying this until we really have this full discussion. There is a veteran who wants to be on the team, and that is Taylor Heineke. And he's okay being the backup if it were to come to that. Uh, I had this conversation with Linnell and Doc on 106.7 not that long ago. Um, we'll get deeper into that conversation as we go through the offseason, but there are options here. And I think for Washington, be done with 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 tying a guy's hands behind his back and saying you're going to lead this team and be done with dumping draft capital into veteran mm -hmm. quarterbacks that you don't know if they're actually going to fit or not. You've done plenty of that. It hasn't worked out. Move on to something. Try a different idea and see if that'll work out for you. Yeah, one quick thing that I'll add, you'll find out whether De Derek Carr, you know, if you're interested, and I don't think they are, You'll find out if Derek Carr wants to be here or not because he's got a no-trade clause. Well, he's got a no-trade clause. Wentz, you can't force him to be here. He yeah. has control. So not only as a free agent if he's cut ultimately and a trade isn't made, but just in the pre-trade process. So you already know. They shouldn't waste their time, quite honestly, even though I do like Derek Carr and I do think he's a, 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 certainly a, a valuable addition to any uh, franchise. We, we will discuss all the quarterback options, obviously, as we yeah. go along, because they will in some way, shape or form still be in the veteran quarterback market. But well, and honestly, I think wherever Derek Carr goes, he's not going to compete for the number one job. He's going for the number one job. And that, you know, that already goes against what we've already been hearing from the organization sure. this offseason, that Sam Howell's coming in to compete for the number one job. Derek Carr is not going to sign off on that. I don't believe Derek Carr would sign off on that. Yeah, I, I mean, he can go to Indianapolis and be better than anything they've had in the last, the one year outside of Phillip Rivers, since Andrew Luck retired, no questions asked. The question mm -hmm. is, is how much they are willing to pay. But they are more desperate, believe it or not, than the commanders are because they don't have Sam Howell. The commanders... They might be wrong on Sam Howell, but they at least have Sam Howell. And like you mentioned, potentially Taylor Heineke. All right, we're going to have to leave that there. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. Now for your second listen and view, check out Locked On NFL podcast. 
uh, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. It's Locked on NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back with a solo episode. Then David will take his crack solo. Then we'll be back together again before the end of the week. We will continue the coverage of the offensive coordinator search and will Jeff Bezos by the commanders. If you want to hop in, it's locked on Washington commanders at gmail.com or simply send a DM on Twitter at LO commanders at LO commanders or David Harrison, who's covered the Washington commanders on SI.com's fan nation and commander country. I'm Chris Wilson. One half of the Russell and Ned Hershaw on the team 980. If you're out and about, please be safe and kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.